Please join me for the prayer of illumination. Everlasting Father, You are the one true God. You, Father, we praise, we glorify with this worship service. Father, remind us each day that You are the reason we are here. Everything we are, everything we ever will be, comes from You. Father, I pray today that You would give us wisdom in all things that we need. Father, I pray that Your will would be done, that we would understand, that we would see, that we would endure, that we would have great insight. Father, let these words ring in our hearts and penetrate our souls. It is in Your Son's name that I pray. Amen. The reading today is Isaiah 35, 1-10 and Luke 146 through 55. The wilderness and the dry lake shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance and with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. And the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool. And the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. And the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it. But it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon the heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee, flee away. And the reading from the New Testament, again, Luke 1, 46-55. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. <clears throat> His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise <laughs> he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Word of God for the people of God. 
You may have noticed already the sermon titles don't always match with the candles, and I'm doing this because as I read the scriptures, you know, a lot of you know my process. I pray through them, and I, I, I meditate on them, and uh, certain things come out to me. And um, the word joy popped into my head. And so that's, that's just kind of a thing that just kind of kept popping in my head, and yet it was held in tension this week for me personally and for some people in this congregation, I'm sure, uh, of there's stuff going on. And it's hard to be joyful. And people greet you and say, you know, joyful Noel or happy Merry Christmas or happy Advent. And we, you know, sometimes we just look at them and say, what's happy about it? What's joyful about it? What's, sometimes it's hard to find that joy that we're supposed to have in this season, right? Sometimes it's hard to find that joy as we live our life. Honestly, this pastor, uh, Christmas kind of snuck up on me. I, 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 I just, it's taken me a while to just kind of get in the, the, the mood and the swing of, of the holidays, just full transparency. Um, I don't know why. There's, there's no real reason for me. But I know that if, if I'm experiencing this, there are people here that are experiencing as well. And really, when you think about it, think about what we've come out of. We are, we are experiencing a mass trauma right now in this country, in the world, because of COVID. We've dealt with isolation. We've dealt with loneliness. Maybe some of us, myself included, have lost dear people close to our hearts to COVID. And... I don't know, maybe that's part of why I've been having a hard time getting in the spirit of it. But joy kept popping into my conscious as I prayed. The word joy, as I look at the, this is the prayer of Mary after she was told she's going to be carrying the Son of God. And this was a problematic thing for her because she was not married and people are going to start talking, right? People are going to start doing the math in their head. Wait, she was pregnant before she got married. So this was not good news for Mary on the surface. And yet something happened within her soul. Something happened to create joy in this beautiful prayer of acceptance this beautiful prayer of people will be blessed because of what's happening to me. Is that our prayer? That people are blessed because of the bad that's happening in our lives? And not to say, I mean, again, we're talking on a very superficial level, right? You understand where I'm coming from. With, I mean, this thing with Mary was a tremendous thing. A tremendous thing. A beautiful thing. But do we look at, at our trials and the bad things that happen in our lives as blessings? I, I, I wrestled 
And I had to do a lot of meditating and a lot of prayer. I'm like, okay, God, you, you, you gave me this word joy. What do I do with it? And um, I was driving home after visiting Bob Dickinson, who all of you know is in the hospital. Please keep him in your prayers. He's doing well. Bob, glad you're joining us today. And Madison's doing a wonderful job. He's sleeping. Oh, don't shh, keep it down. We'll not preach too loudly. He'll watch it later. He'll see this. He needs to sleep. Anyway, I'm driving home and after visiting with, with Bob. And the Spirit gave me four questions. I wish I could see they were my questions. But it's from God. And I'm going to share these with you right now as we move forward. Sometimes the pastor preaches what he needs to hear. And I bet you, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of us are going through the same thing. The first question that came to me was, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Hmm. I'll tell you. We're children of God. God loves us. God is crazy about us. We are the only creation. If you read the creation account in, in the Bible where it talks about God, uh, about God creating mankind, God got on his hands and knees. I've shared this with you before. He formed humans out of the mud of the earth. He says, let's create mankind in our image. God got his fingernails dirty. And then he breathed in this lump of clay, the breath of life. And after everything that God created, the Bible says it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. But when God created us, God says, oh, it's very good. It's very good. As I look at my grandbaby, I, I just, I have to smile. There's a little bit of her mama in her, a little bit of her dad in her. She spent some time with us last night. And you know what? There's a little bit of her, her yaya in her and a little bit of pop pop in her as well. I think that's what it means to be created in God's image. We have the same desires as God has. We have the same we're made of the same stuff. God put this love in our heart for each other. And if we suppress that love, we're hurting ourselves and only ourselves. We have a little bit of God's image in all of us. The next question that came to mind, that, that, came, that was given to me as I'm driving home was, do you know whose you are? Do you know whose you are? We belong to God. God created us. God redeemed us through Jesus. 
And like I said, God is crazy about us. We are God's most precious creation. God has counted the hairs on our head and on our back, Joe. I heard your joke. He said he was running so fast, he just went back to his back. Um, God has counted the hairs on our head. God knows the sound of our voice. God knows our name. God loves to hear from us. God is never far away. God has promised through Jesus that I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And sometimes, I've said this before from this pulpit, sometimes it feels like our world is falling apart. And God says, I am with you even in that space there. God wants to be with us in that space there. God does God's best work in that space there where it feels like it's the end of the world for us. Does it mean that life is going to be easy? No. But we have the assurance of knowing that whatever we go through, God will be there with us. Can I hear an amen? These are things that help us find joy. It's kind of the foundational work that we have to do. So the first question again is, do you know who you are? The next question is, do you know whose you are? And the third question that came to me was, do you know why you're here? Do you know why you're here? Because really, we are residents of another country whose founder and builder is God. We are residents of God's kingdom, or as I like to say, God's kingdom, because we're all kin, right? We're all related. We're all family. This is not our final destination. One day Jesus will crack open the sky and we will, every eye will see him. Every tongue will confess. What a glorious day that will be, right? But why are we here? Why are we here? 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are, I love that imagery. We are ambassadors for Christ. This church is an embassy. Our homes are an embassy. Our workplaces are an embassy. Actually, wherever we go as Christ followers, as God's kingdom people, is an embassy. Because we belong to God. God has claimed us. I know your name. I have called you by name. I have claimed you. I have redeemed you. You are mine. So as ambassadors for Christ, the question is, how do we represent Christ while we are still here on this earth? How do we treat people while we are here on this earth? People who are different from us. People who vote different from us. People who worship different from us. How do we treat people 
who are different from us. Because guess what? Every human being carries the image of God. And when we mistreat others, when we other others, we are mistreating God. That's a scary thing. I don't want to do that. I know you don't either. We are here to share the good news of Jesus Christ with with as many people as we can so they too can have the joy of knowing these questions. Who they are. Whose they are. Knowing why they're here. We have to share that because there's so many people in the world that don't know that. Which leads me to my final question that came to me as I'm driving home. The final question that was laid on my heart. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? John 14, 1 through 3, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If, I weren't, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Do you hear that? I will come again. And not only that, I will take you into myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Advent reminds us that because of what Jesus did for us, we will one day be with God forever. We will one day be with those who have gone on before us. We will one day greet those who will come after us if Jesus doesn't come before then. in God's kingdom where our heart longs. What if we lived out this expectation on a daily basis, this expectation of Advent? What if we were Advent people anticipating and preparing as we pre- preached the last, as I preached the last couple weeks? Anticipating and preparing. What if we were Advent people? How might our lives be filled with more joy as a result of living as Advent people? And how might we create more joy in the lives of others as a result of living as Advent people? Let us pray. Loving God. Oh, how we love you. Would that we knew how much you loved us in return. We know. But it's hard for us to comprehend the depths at which you love us.
God, sometimes joy is hard to come by. May we remember. May we remember what we are, whose we are, who we are, why we're here. May we remember where we're going. May that be the foundational piece for building joy within our hearts, no matter what goes on in our lives. And God, I am aware of those sitting here in this congregation, I'm aware of those watching online. They need to feel your touch. They need to feel you in a tangible way, in a real way. So God, I want to create space right here for those watching and those here in this sanctuary to bring their needs, their petitions to you right now. God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For we pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.